0: podcast my name is Roe Thompson man I got a special guest in the building um, I've been following this young lady probably for the last two or three years and you know just kind of talking back and forth to her dad and you know we had a chance to actually see each other at the memorial in uh, Dublin Ohio um, and uh, it was a great tournament uh, had a great time and as soon as I got to the course who do I see I see Mia and Tom Hammond. <laughs> so Mia and Tom, welcome to the podcast. How, you, how, you, how, you, how y'all doing?
1: Pretty good. How are you?
0: Oh, I'm doing so much. great. Doing well. Great, great, great. Well, listen, before we get into um, all of the golf stuff, um, Mia, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: So my name is Mia Hammond. I am from New Albany, Ohio, and I'm an upcoming freshman at New Albany High School, and I've been playing golf pretty much my entire life.
0: Do you remember what age you started, Mia?
1: So I started hitting balls and practicing when I was around three. Um, I didn't take it that seriously until I was around seven. I started playing in tournaments then, and it's just taken off since.
0: Well, good. What other sports did you play?
1: Uh, When I was younger, I played softball, basketball, uh, gymnastics for a while, and I think that's it.
0: Okay, and how did, you, how did you fall in love with golf? I mean, what, what, what made golf stand out versus some of the other sports?
1: Yeah, um, my dad was always a really good player, and I always wanted to play with him when I was younger. And it's always been one of my biggest goals when I was little to beat him for the first time. So <laughs> I think that pushed me a lot, too.
0: Hey, we're going to talk about that in a few minutes, okay? <laughs> okay.
2: No, 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 we're not. No, we're not.
0: <laughs> Now, Tom, I know you still got game because you're a teacher. So I know, I know I know you got game. But um, so give us that start. Take us back when you first started playing. And you know, I, I don't know if you can remember. Let's let's say take us to seven. You start playing. How did how do you feel? You think it's something that you would do up until this point?
1: Yeah, so I think what really pushed me was my first US kids local tour event. I didn't get a medal and I was devastated. Like I shot like 63 on nine holes and it just crushed me. Like I cried in the car on the way home. And from that point on, I just wanted to get better, like all for that medal. And yeah. when I won my first tournament in U.S. Kids, I think I was maybe nine. Like that was the biggest point in my golf game like so far. So it's it's really pushed me since then. And I've continued to improve and get better since.
0: Yes, you have, and we're gonna be, we're gonna talk about that in a minute. So let me ask you this: When did you what what age did you feel like you were really playing at a high level as a junior?
1: Yeah, I want to say, well, my first big win was well, what I consider my first big win was a U.S. Kids Regional, the Holiday Classic, and okay. a PGA National in Florida. Um, at that point, I kind of knew that I could really do something with my game if I applied myself. Right. Um, it was kind of a starting point and it really showed me that I can compete at a higher level.
0: That's good. I
2: think she That's was good. 10. at that. She was 10? Point. Nine or 10. I can't remember exactly. Okay. Okay. Good, good,
0: good. good. Now, you know, Mia, your, your journey, um, hasn't been the smoothest. Um, you've had some challenges. Um, how do you feel, you know, you know, maybe talk a little bit about the challenges and, then talk about how you had to adjust to the the challenges that you've had.
1: So it was maybe 2018. I started having this like weird knee pain, the okay. side of my knee. Um, didn't take it too seriously at first. Kind of put it off a bit. Still played in tournaments, and it progressively got worse. Uh-huh. And uh, the point when we knew like it's something that's not to be taken lightly was it was at a world tournament in Las Vegas, the Sean Foley. Okay. And I had to drop out in the final round after I was leading. Um, I had, it was difficult to shift my weight to my left side, and I was kind of catching everything like fat and just the okay. splash. I hit it about maybe forty feet, and I knew at that point like I couldn't play anymore. Yeah. And she so, was she
2: was actually leading by five through six holes of the fi- third and final round. Wow. And she just really couldn't even hardly walk anymore, and it was like we got to pour her out. She was had to shut
0: it down.
1: Devastated.
0: Yeah.
2: And we had been to numerous doctors for the pain before. And okay. no one could really tell us what was going on. it kept saying growing pain she'll outgrow it. And it just kept getting worse. She would rest for two weeks she'd be fine. And then a week later she'd be hurting again. Right. And finally we we decided to go to children's hospital. And that's when we found out what the real problem was.
0: But good. And talk about your adjustment in your like practice schedules. You know, are you able to practice every day or do you have to kind of adjust it? Talk talk to us a little bit about your practice schedule.
1: So after my surgery um, in 2019, I had to take a break for a while. I think it was like 10 months before I was fully able to do everything again. But now there's not really any restrictions at all.
0: Okay. So So I know that was torture. What was that? What was that 10 months like?
1: It felt like it was forever. It felt like it was eight years instead of 10 months. It (laughs) was never ending.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it was. It was tough, bro. I'll tell you. from a parent's perspective, I mean, for, for me, the biggest thing for me was just, you know, after the surgery and after she was healed up, um, she just didn't have pain anymore. And that was the biggest thing for me. I mean, Beautiful. golf has always been, it's always been on the forefront for her, but we're probably a little different than than most as far as practice schedules and and, and tournament schedules. And we just don't do it as much as some of the other high level players gotcha part of that part of that's by design part of it's by necessity because of her knees right um i've always been a little concerned about just making sure that she always loves it and and, and wants to play mm-hmm. um you know i know i see a lot of junior and if they want to do that that's great and their parents want them to do that that's great but a lot of juniors play every week and they they plan tournaments every week and that's great if that's what the child wants um you know, Mia likes to hang out with her friends. She likes to go to the pool. She likes to, you know, do fun things and, and, you know, even other things when we're traveling for golf. We try to make time for for other things. So uh, I think that's really important to me. It was as a child for me. Um, I played a lot of traveling baseball, some golf as a child, but yeah. And I know how stressing that can be just on the limited amount that I played. So I, you know, want to make sure that she gets to, you know, be a yeah. kid too and, and have right. fun and spend time with her friends and, and all that so we only i mean until this year i mean the most tournaments we ever did was 10 tournaments in a year
0: wow that's really Um, good
2: this year we're probably going to do about 15 Um, that's still good just still not near what some others do um
0: yeah i can tell you we we do about 30 tournaments a year so 10 15 tournaments that's really good on the body yeah yeah Yeah, that's really good so mia talk to us about your um what's your practice schedule you know what's your practice schedule What's your practice routine? Um, when you go out to the course, what's your, what's your goal? You know, how do you, how do you go about your business of preparing for tournaments?
1: So I don't, I wouldn't say I practice too often, but when I do practice, I take it more seriously and just try to get as much out of it as possible. Okay. Um, I would say maybe five times a week, I hit balls for like an hour, if even that, Um okay it's not too extreme um on the course for practice I just want to make little improvements each time just get the most out of it while I'm able to do it um I think my biggest focus right now is probably short game which probably will never change um it's always been a little bit behind in my game (laughs) um But so that's,
0: so that's the part of the game that you feel like you, you could, you could actually improve the most.
1: Yeah. Definitely.
0: And is that, is that chipping or putting or both?
1: A little bit of both um, more chipping than putting.
0: Okay, good, good. And what's, now what's, what's, so what's your chipping practice routine? A lot of kids, you know, they, they want to know how, how do you go about uh, practicing your chipping?
1: So I try not to hit the same shot too often. Okay. Um, I want to go from different distances, um, maybe hit one from, you know, 10 yards and go back to 40 yards. Don't ever hit the same shot twice. Um, it's really important to make sure you have every shot possible instead of maybe just being able to hit one shot.
2: Right. Right. That's good. That's really good. I'll so, add to that too, if you'd like me to, um, yes. we use the, the rule of 10 a rule, rule of 12. Um,
0: I love it. I love it. I've seen it on YouTube.
2: Yeah, that's what I teach as well, and um, one of the things we work on a lot of times is not so much what the ball does after the landing point, but in right. practice, when you use the rule of 12, all you really have to practice is learning how to hit different landing spots using yes. different clubs. Um, yeah. You don't worry about what it does after that. You worry about that when you're on the golf course, but in practice, that's you can do it in your yard. You can do it in your, in your garage off a mat. If you use the rule of 12, you can practice it pretty much anywhere.
0: Hey, and Tom, you, it's amazing. You mentioned the rule of 12. When I started using the, the rule of 12 myself, I, uh, I had a, I had a, uh, I had a, a chip that I needed to roll out a little bit and I calculated it at, at two, two paces, well, not really two paces, but two clubs. So I, I, I used a, a pitching wedge and then man, it, it, it rolled up to the cup and went right in. So the rule of 12, For those that don't know it's the, it's the real deal.
2: Really
0: is. Yes. Yes. So, um, so Mia, let's switch gears a little bit. Um, let's talk about this DCP experience. Um, you had a you had an opportunity to uh, go to the masters drive chip and putt. Um, I saw you live on TV. Talk to us a little bit about that experience at the, at the Augusta national club.
1: Yeah, um, it was definitely one like no other. There's never going to be an experience that ever matches that. Um, (laughs) Like just the course in general was so amazing. Like when you set it on the turf, it just didn't feel real. It didn't (laughs) look real. Like nothing about it. Just it was just so much different than every other course I've ever been to. Um, It was kind of funny, like on the chipping green, they wouldn't even let you walk up on the green. Like you had to stay in your designated chipping spot. And wow like they were pretty serious about it um but just the people and the crowds there like it was filming like no other and I'll definitely never forget it um just on the 18th green like I don't think I actually realized in the moment how many people were there and like at the end I just looked around and it was like wow they're like the whole hillside was full
0: (laughs) yeah wait till you go wait till you wait till you get to the women's amateur that's that's gonna be a great experience for you too.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: So who was the first person that you who was the first person that you met when you got to Augusta National? The the, the most famous person you met, per se?
1: Um, I think Condoleezza Rice was the first person yes. I actually got to meet on the last screen. Um yeah. actually I take that back. I think Fred Couples was the first person. Um, after we were on the practice range, he was just getting out of his car and he gave all of us a fist bump and told us good luck as we were walking. The first saves the competition so that was pretty cool um and then nancy lopez presented the trophies so
0: nice yeah Yeah, fred fred got fred has one of the smoothest swings ever
1: yeah definitely
0: <laughs> yeah he's got that swing so what does it feel like to be the champion
1: you know i watched it on tv for as long as i can remember and like
3: so. i
1: think i'm still in the phase of it's like a little shocking um i always when i was little i was like i'm gonna make it this year i'm gonna make it and uh, i missed it by one point when i was nine wow i swore to never do it again
2: right and she didn't until this year
0: year. year.
3: because
1: they canceled the
2: year before that yeah
0: yeah
1: so -hmm. she
2: only tried one time and she made it to the regional and lost lost at the regional at Mirrorfield village by one point (laughs) point. And swore she'd never go back and where, we, where you... we were when we saw each other. Right. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I was able to talk her into it this previous
0: year. And she... Torture, torture. But well, listen, uh, that, that was great to watch you on TV. I said, dog, that's me and Tom, man. They're on TV. <laughs> because uh, I don't know if your dad told you, your, your dad and I, we've been talking a lot and he probably don't remember because he just helps everybody. Um, about two years ago, I set John up a um a in a, a, a in-home sim, you know, the Skytrack, the mm-hmm. net, the whole nine, and he has always helped me and didn't know me from a can of paint. So, thank you, Tom. I, I really yeah, appreciate that. No problem. <laughs> no um so, problem. so so Mia, what's um what's your what's your best round ever?
1: Uh 65 at Rock Barn in North Carolina. That was last summer, I believe.
0: Wow, that's going low yeah that's going low that's good that's good and um what's what's in the bag what what you, what you playing with what's, what's what give us all the the secret you know stuff that's in the bag
1: it's a little bit of a mixture um yes. so for driver i'm playing the ping g425 lst okay uh for three wood is also the ping g425 hybrids kind of old tailor-made sliders <laughs> um Putters, a Scotty Cameron phantom,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, irons shifts ZX sevens and wedges, Cleveland zip Coors.
0: Good. Yeah. Don't change those irons. If you're playing good, you know?
1: Yeah. I love them. They're my favorite.
0: Yeah. <laughs> don't change them. Listen. And what kind of, what kind of balls you play?
1: Uh, titleist uh pro V ones.
0: Pro V ones. Okay. Best ones that out. That's out. And yep. what's now what's the most, uh, what's the most ridiculous thing you have in your bag? <laughs>
1: um you, have a, no you nice. have a lucky
0: you have a lucky ball marker or
1: I do have a lucky penny in my golf bag what
2: about your Dwight ball
1: oh and I have a Dwight Shroot ball marker from uh, the no. office okay.
0: okay all right good good so now now let, now let me ask you this when did you start beating dad
1: the first time I ever beat him when <laughs> I was eight. Um, you know, he did try to play me again last year, and I got him by one. He had a three-putt from 12 feet, so.
2: <laughs> we were both one under, and I had 3 from 12 feet, She you got me.
1: <laughs> it was funny. I hit my shot to, like, 60 feet, hit the putt 10 feet past. He was trash-talking me, hit his 15 <laughs> feet past. I made mine. He missed his.
2: Well, I
0: did play the tips, and she played two tees up. So that's- well, that's all right. Yeah, you know. It's, it's, hey, hey, Tom, it's equitable. You know? It's, it's, you know, it's all equal, right? So that's great. That's great. And so, um, so Tom, let me let me talk to you for a second. Um, what's the journey been like for you? Because as a as a parent, you know, we we kind of go through the same stuff. You know, we probably handled all the registrations. We're at every tournament. We see all the, we see the bad, we see the good. What's what's the journey been like for you and, and, and the family?
2: I, I'm a pretty candid guy. So I'm going to tell you the, the, probably the ugliest part of it. And I okay. think this is the thing that most parents experience. Yeah. It's really hard. I think it's, I think parent, and as a parent, I feel it too. I think it's more, more stressful and harder on parents a lot of times than it is the kids. And I think it's yeah. hard for a parent to, to really keep that in check sometimes. Um, you know, I think we've done really a really good job of it. Um, I see others that do a good job of it too. And some that don't, um, everybody has their moments. Mm -hmm. Um, but always, I mean, always keep the love for your kids first. I think that's the biggest thing you have to, you have to realize and, and realize that, you know, they never make mistakes on purpose. <laughs> you know, and me right. used to tell me that all the time. <laughs> you know, they never right. make mistakes on purpose, they're, they're trying out there. Um, they are, you know, obviously, some sometimes kids feel like putting more effort into it than other times. We all get tired, we all get worn out, recognize yeah. those times. Um, but the journey for me has, has just been a joy watching her progress, watching her improve,
0: beautiful,
2: watching her become really a, a great young woman,
0: mm-hmm. um, a
2: great young lady through the game of golf right um for all the lessons that it has taught her um the integrity humbleness i mean she's she's a great player um i mean she's a plus 5.3 handicap
0: yeah that's you'll
2: never hear hear her tell anyone that i tell people that all the time because i'm proud (laughs) but you'll never hear her tell anyone that you'll never hear her talk Mm -hmm. about her victories um you know from what we can find she may be the first girl ever to win her first two ajga events Mm, Um, strong you know we haven't found anything to dispute that right And she's a great player but first and foremost the love has to come first and and um you know i'm proud i'm probably more proud of who she's become Mm -hmm. you know than than her than her play uh she's a great student she's just a wonderful daughter loving caring young lady and i'm extremely proud of her um very proud of her golf, but that's secondary to everything else. And I know her mother would say the same. So.
0: <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, good. Good. So Mia, what's your, um, I know college is a little ways off, but what, what would you say would you be your top three choices if you had to go to college anywhere?
1: Um, I think my number one choice right now would be Arizona state. Um,
0: okay.
1: I got, I got the chance to play with Olivia Mahaffey last year. And she told me a lot of great things about, just the school in general and the coaches and the team. So Mm -hmm. that would definitely be number one, Um, two and three are about tied Uh, either Stanford or Ohio state. I can't really decide if I want to go far or stay close to home. Uh, I still got a while to decide, so I'm sure it'll be something that's important to me in the future.
0: Right. I think dad would probably rather you stay close, you know,
1: (laughs) you
2: know, it's been, there's been a lot of schools come watch her play already. Oh, Um, that's beautiful. Yeah, um, Duke, Kentucky, Clemson I mean they've all came to watch. they play watch her play the whole round when they come to watch so right it's been really cool one time at this last AJGA there were five coaches on the whole watching her at once I mean it was it's pretty re- remarkable her age you know right she's drawn I know that a lot of others have too but yeah. um it's gonna I think it's I think it's a hard decision for these kids man I think yeah you know I to me now, I'm just going to be very blunt here. Mm-hmm. I dislike the transfer portal, and I'll tell you why. Um, right. These colleges, I think kids, and I think it's being caused by the limited time that kids have to choose a college because of the new rules where they can't talk to the coaches or go for official right. visits until they're juniors in high school. Right. I think it really limits their time to really choose. And I think what happens is a kid gets, kid gets to school because they only took a few months to decide where they wanted to go because coaches were pushing them right they just have to do at that point they have to Ooh. fill their roster right it's not the coach's yeah. fault um but what right. happens is the kids end up not fitting in or not liking you know what they chose and they maybe chose the wrong school and then they end up in a transfer portal i right. think it's really it just pulls a kid in many directions i i i, I understand not committing young and i think right. they should dismiss that completely i think there should be no commitment maybe before junior year but not allowing official visits and, and talking to coaches, I think is, I think it's detrimental to the kid's future. I really do. Right. Oh, it's a right. hard thing. Um, really is. I, you know, I have a lot of students yeah. and a lot of them have went through this and they, you know, I talk to them a lot about, you know, picking a college and it's hard for them. They do, just oh. don't have enough time because as soon as they're here's a good example, right. You know, we were talking to one the other day, she got 30 calls Within two days of the allowance of kids being able to, and she had all of a sudden, she, she only had a couple of schools in mind. And then all of a sudden she's got all these other schools.
0: Yeah. Just, now she,
2: and, and then every coach wants a commitment right away because wow. they have to fill their roster. I get it.
0: Can't do it that so, quick.
2: No, they're pressured mm. to make a decision. And it's, it's the, it's the hardest decision of a young, a young, you know, boy or girl's life. That's right. um, I, I think that rule has to change. I, I yeah. that's just my opinion, but.
0: Yeah, we have that uh, coming up in uh, June of next year. So John's he just finished his freshman year, going into his sophomore year. So we uh, it's a very very important year for us. So we'll yeah. we'll see we'll see how it goes. You know, that's the luck. <clears throat> thank you. thank you, we appreciate it. So uh, so Mia, last question, and we're gonna open it up for some Q and A from our um, live audience. Um, what's your favorite course that you played before?
1: Sainsville Country Club for sure. It's uh, where I played my first round of golf ever. Wow. Members there. Well, how long were you ever there for? It's
2: 17 years.
1: Yeah. Oh. So yeah. We were... so that's your
0: that's your favorite course?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. I got to yeah. play in a tournament there the past 2 days, so it was good to be able to go home for a little bit and
0: Yeah. And what and what, and what course would you like to play Monday?
1: Um well, I hope Augusta National, if I ever get to go to the Augusta Women's, which I'm sure eventually yeah. will happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I also really want to play Pebble Beach. Okay,
0: good. Yeah, those are some good good, good courses. I, I had a chance to go down to the Women's Amateur this past year and uh, saw some really, really good golf, um, followed uh, Amari Avery, um, uh, Jensen Castle. You know, Jensen is from Columbia. That, that's where I live. So had a chance to see her play. Uh so some really good good really good golfers out there, lady golfers.
1: Yep.
0: All right. Who's your favorite? Who's your favorite LPGA player?
1: Um probably Nellie Corda.
0: Yeah, she's good. Yep. Yeah, she's really good. Her dad used to be a tennis, tennis pro. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. So how can our listeners uh get in touch with you, Mia?
1: So they can follow me on Instagram um, at Mia.hammond.18. Um, I also have a Facebook page just called Mia Hammond Golf um both are pretty much the same i would say the facebook page is a little more active than the instagram page um mm-hmm. if you want to follow for tournaments typically i post bigger wins on instagram and just all of them on facebook so
0: great yeah we get to get those followers up right
1: yep <laughs> <laughs>
0: right 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 all right so we have um we have uh, uh maybe a couple people in our live audience so let's see if we have any questions from our live audience. Uh, Millie, have any have any questions for Mia? Let's see if let's see if Millie has any questions. All right, Millie, can you unmute? You have any questions for Mia?
1: Uh,
3: actually I am Millie's father. Can you hear oh, me? Oh hey how you doing? Yeah Millie have- listening you? with me together. So um That's thank fine. you Mia and Tom this is very helpful first. Uh, I think yeah, maybe she's now 11 years old. So I have a couple of questions actually. I think the first question is that at, at which point uh Mia you decide you dedicate to golf? And what made you make what helped you make the decision? Because I think as a younger kid, they always have a lot of different choice, a lot of interesting or habit or, or things they want to do, right? Mm-hmm. So um and golf actually spends a lot of time. So at, at what point and what made you to believe that golf is a role you want to follow?
1: Yeah, um, I think it definitely started after I started winning um, just US Kids local tour events, um, I improved pretty quickly. And I think I realized that at that point, um, it was something that I could make possibly a career out of and hopefully get a college scholarship with. Um, I think once you get to a certain point, it's kind of something that you know, um, Obviously, it's important to compete at higher level events, um, definitely for colleges. Uh, It's always important to just have that in mind when starting.
2: I think he means when you chose to stop doing other sports.
1: Okay. Um, I think probably the same point um, when I started winning maybe bigger events uh, like the U.S. Kids Regional, the Holiday Classic, um, Mm -hmm. that was definitely... It kind of started it off, just saying like, "There's definitely something I can do with this. Um, It'll go far for me in life." Um, I was better at it than any other sport,
2: (laughs) right? (laughs) (laughs) Although she was she was very good at softball too. She was actually at at four years old. She was a starting shortstop for an eight and under team and was the MVP. So she was she was very athletic. Wow, impressive! But she, you know, I think you know I can maybe answer this too. She the biggest thing is softball and golf. She loved both. Um, she loved basketball too, but it was never her. I mean, we're short people. I'm five foot eight. She's five foot two. So um, (laughs) basketball was never going to be, was never going to be her sport. She knew that we knew that. Um, it's great exercise. And if it wasn't for her knee, she may still be playing basketball to be honest. She did not have bilateral knee surgery, but, Mm -hmm. um, softball and golf just don't mix. Uh, the 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 seasons are the same games and tournaments are on the weekends. Yeah. Um, and it was a hard decision. She <clears throat> loves softball. She loved her teammates. She loved, you know, coaches. Um, but you know, she, I think she made the right decision, obviously at this point to, to stick with golf. And, um, and I believe that kids shouldn't specialize too young, but if they, if they do find that passion and, and the ability, if they're really talented and gifted, there's nothing wrong with it. As long as a child becomes well-rounded, like Mia has other activities. She's in music, piano, clarinet. Um, she even did okay. singing for a while. Well-rounded. Um, well-rounded. And, well-rounded. and mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing. And also the athleticism to prevent injury is important as well. So Mia works pretty hard in the gym um, okay. in order to maintain that athleticism. Because so if you don't play other sports, you've got, to, you've got to maintain that athleticism or you will get injured. Um, that's that's the bottom line. You got to keep strength up, and it's got to be equal strength on both antagonistic and antagonistic muscles. Have to be strong. Um, you have to keep both sides of the body strong. The golf side, the golf swing is very one sided, mm-hmm. so you're working one way. You got to work both sides of the body. You Got to stay strong to prevent injury. And, and we've dealt with some of that. I mean, obviously with her knees, she had a little bit of a back issue that was just muscle spasms. But mm-hmm. um, you got to you got to stay strong. And everybody will deal with injury at some point but you got to do all you can to prevent it. And I think that's the biggest thing about being an athlete more, more than just a golfer.
3: Right. right. Thank you. Um, yeah. So let me, me to another question. Like, um, yeah, because golf is always like trying yourself and, and probably trying to be, be better by yourself. So it's kind of a lonely sport compared to others. Right. So, um, so do you, I think probably a question for John, do you, uh, for Tom, do you try to find a pray mat for Mia or do you try to find another girlfriends for her? Because I think as, as the kid grow up, I think it's kind of difficult to stay, just be alone. Or, or are you the only person as a father pray with your daughter altogether?
2: That is an excellent question. And it's something that we dealt with a couple of years ago. So when Mia was growing up, she mentioned we were members at Zanesville Country Club. Um, that's where we lived. It was a, it's an hour from here, uh, where we live now, here in New Albany. And growing up there, she really didn't have anyone to play with. I mean, she had literally when she was eight, nine, ten years old, she was playing with the golf pros at Zanesville Country Club. That's that was her <laughs> playing mates. And and as much as she loves them, you know, it's not the same as playing with you know peers of your own age. Um, now she had some 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 kids there that she played with very occasionally every couple weeks they had a junior program that she got but there was no competition for her the the level of competition just wasn't you know where it should have been to help her improve her game um as much as she really enjoyed playing with those children it just wasn't the same as playing in tournaments so we made a a tough decision my wife had a i can work anywhere because i work from home and i teach at home um so the opportunity for my wife to transfer positions to Columbus um, was an opportunity that we decided to, to, to take advantage of. And that'll put us into a, in a into an area now where the high school that she's about to start in is pr- quite arguably the number one girls golf program in the country. Wow. Um, hmm. They've won the Ohio state championship four years in a row. We leave tonight for the national championship, which I, I'm sure they're the favorite to win yeah um you know so for the last two and a half years, she's been playing golf with those girls from the high school team that are all scratch players, two d one commits um and they play golf every week if and during the pandemic every day <laughs> pretty much <laughs> it yeah. seemed like uh, which made a huge difference for mia because she was very lonely on the golf course i mean who wants to play golf with their dad every day with a 40 year old golf professional you know what i mean um right so it made a big difference in just her outlook of the game um she's been able to develop some great friendships mm-hmm. and living in columbus we have a lot of great girls talent outside the, the school system where she's people she's played tournament golf with for years that she's now become very close to and plays golf with on a regular basis. So it's been the best thing we ever did was getting her involved with other kids um, that play golf, that enjoy the game and just letting them play for fun. You know, it can't all be about competition and, 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 and practice. And um, that's been a big thing for her for sure. That's
0: good. No, listen, No, we're, we're up against uh, some time constraints, Tom and, and Mia, we, we want to thank you all for being on the podcast. Um, any, you know, fi- any final thoughts, uh, Mia that you want to leave for some of our up and coming juniors that's, that'll get a chance to listen to the podcast.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, maybe some advice for some younger players is just don't forget to have fun with it. Um, like he would said before, it's important to have something else outside of, you know, competition and just strict practice. Um, it's always important to just enjoy your time with it. Um, because again I'm, like you said earlier as well injury always happens and you never know what it can be taken away from you right so make sure you enjoy it as long as you can
0: awesome awesome well listen uh from the junior golf podcast family um Mia Tom we want to thank y'all for taking some time out um good luck in your tournament Mia
1: thank you so much
0: stay steady be patient and do your best okay
1: thank you thank you Ralph. Thank, thank you so much. thank, thank y'all thank appreciate you it.